Are you ready for this? Your boys are back. Showdog, Gola, and KG talking all things fantasy. It's Bad Dad Baseball. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Bad Dad Baseball. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Bad Dad Baseball. We got a big weekend of the Masters. Uh, today is Fergola's birthday. Woo! Happy birthday, so big a dog. Monster day. Bigger Thanks, than the guys. Masters, bigger than opening <laughs> week of baseball. It's Fergola's birthday. Um, yeah. We were also probably going to talk a little bit of basketball today. You still celebrate your birthday, Fergola? Not really, no. What'd you My, guys do uh, today? Absolutely nothing. That's we, nice. Um, Did you choose I that? Yeah, so my wife will go. She goes above and beyond. I, Let's I talk about guys, the cake. The cake. So my wife crushed it this Ooh. year. So obviously a big golf fan. Um, and with the Masters Sundays, Sunday at the Masters being this morning, um, she actually made a birthday cake for me that was like a mock golf hole. She took like a post-it note, drew the Masters logo on it, did the whole nine. I mean, absolutely crushed it. So. We're gonna post we, that on uh, the uh, on Instagram. Absolutely, I will, it's probably one of the best cakes I've seen. Yep. I'll put a few pictures up uh, of it. No, she absolutely crushed it. So, um, no, it was good. We didn't. Uh, my parents stopped down for a little bit. Um, saw them, and uh, other than that, just tried to take a little bit of a nap around four o'clock. But it's a little difficult to try napping with two kids in the same room as you, bouncing off the walls, screaming and hollering. But I got a little one in, so. Do you try uh, to take good. advantage of it being a birthday and say, like if one of the kids shits its diaper, you kind of be like, "All right, lid, it's nah. it's your turn." I did. I I will I will say no, not really. I mean, I I think I changed a few poopy diapers this morning and today, but I did say, "Well, we got to finally get the kids down around seven thirty or quarter of eight or whatever," and uh, so we were getting into the cake, and she's like, "Oh, what do you want? What pieces do you want?" Blah blah blah. And I was like, "This," and she's like. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in the living room. You can serve me. <laughs> so that was about it. Um, but no, she, she's, she's great about it. She'll, and she'll, she would, if I asked her because it's my birthday, she'd do everything, but yeah, I don't need her do, I don't need her doing that, but she, she would, but yeah, she crushed it this year. So yeah, that cake was a 10 out of 10. Yeah, it was good too. It was like a what, lemon. What part did you lemon eat? cake? Like, uh, the bunker because it had some. Gr- oh, the bunker. I uh, agree. The bunker because she crushed up graham cracker for the. Uh, oh. For the at bunker. first, I thought it was like brown yeah. sugar. I'm like, that's a shitload of brown sugar. <laughs> <laughs> no, she. Uh, it was the graham cracker, so I got into that. Um, nice. But yeah, no, it was like a, like a lemon cake, lemon, lemon cake, and then it had like uh, raspberry jelly in between, and. Man. I think I yeah, get this. Yeah, it was pretty good. So, no, we had a pretty good day. Pretty low-key. Love it, dude. And did you enjoy the Sunday of the Masters? Well, the whole weekend of the Masters. Uh, yeah, I don't – I mean, I mean, Scheffler just ran away with it all. That's I mean, how I He thought. was the only guy under par all four rounds. Uh-huh. Um, it got a little interesting early this more, uh, this afternoon. Um, Scheffler looked like he was, he was all over the place with his driver the first three holes. And then he holed out uh, from the from the green side there on uh, number three. Got yeah. the birdie there. Smith um, bogeyed, and then like the rest was history. Uh, I mean, the rest of it, it was just like he just coasted the rest of the way for the most part. So um, it wasn't overly exciting in terms of like drama and coming down the stretch or anything like that. But um, 
the he Shuffler just he owned that golf course in that field all week. Rory didn't get himself the green jacket, but I mean to get himself the second, the mm-hmm. lowest final round in Masters history, eight under today. Yeah. Gave himself a nice little payday with that performance. Yeah, and that's his highest finish of all time too. So um, yeah, it's, that's the it only one cool. he hasn't got right in the in the in the yeah. uh, career Grand Slam. Yeah, I I kind of like that. Kept telling myself, I'm like, oh, when he eagled 15, I'm like, or I think it was eagle 15. And I'm like, if and he got to like seven under, I'm like, if he can get to eight or nine, I go things may get interesting depending on what Scheffler does. But um, and obviously after Scheffler like five putted, I know it was but, he was uh, like laughing about it. That was pretty cool. Yeah, he and knew he had some crowd, strokes to give. Yeah, and then the crowd like clapping, trying to hype him up and shit like that. But um, it's just it's it, I. I love the Masters so much. It's like my favorite golf tournament to watch, but I always hate it now because it's over with and it's like, oh, son of a bitch, we gotta wait another year for it. But right, um, I probably watch more Masters th- for the brand. I think I watch more Masters this year than I have ever in the past. I definitely put a snooze in every fucking day. Nice. Um, <laughs> yep. Today was the best. Uh, I had the baby. He was like fussing. I was like, just put a little, watch a little golf. Sure enough, he snoozes. Yeah. I snooze. We all snooze. Um, yeah. It was napping was a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, to me, I think the tiger tiger effect, dude, like the beginning of the tournament, I was so into it. I was watching it. And then, you know, as after the cut happened, tiger kind of started to, I don't know if the legs started to finally show its rear, its ugly head, but he started to fall out of it and I stopped watching it as much. And I think it maybe had to do with Sheffield dominating so much and Tiger falling out, but I did not watch as much on Saturday and Sunday as I did on Thursday and Friday. So, yeah, so that was just like the opposite for me. I watched definitely more this weekend. And the thing about Tiger, I mean, he Thursday, Friday, he played pretty well. Um, uh-huh. And then, you know, I think he was, he was one under after the first round. I don't know if he was like two over and made the cut, but, and even this weekend, I mean, the thing about him, I thought, at least this weekend, was Tiger. He was still driving the ball well. Yeah. Um, it's just everything else. He just could not figure it out. He, his, his putter wasn't there Utter. this weekend. His second shots were all over the goddamn place. But he still was pounding the ball off the tee. I feel like he was in the fairway quite a bit. He just couldn't figure the rest of it out. Uh, like when he was just walking off the green on 18, like just this limp, it's like so noticeable, you know. I. It's one of those things I feel like if these professionals could – use a golf cart and they could cart the entire time. I think Tiger shoots way better than he does. I think that had something to do yeah. with it by the end of it, playing four rounds and having to walk that course, you know? So I, I wonder if he doesn't play again until the PGA. Southern Hills. Yeah. I don't, I mean, he, I, he come out and said that he's, it's going to be, he's going to pick and choose. He's not, he's never going to be a full-time player on the tour anymore because he's not yeah. physically going to be able to do it. So I think it's just going to, you know, he's going to play in the big tournaments. I mean, he's going to lead up what's that next month in May, I think yep. the PGA is. Yep, it is. Um, so he's going to have, you know, a month or so probably um, to kind of see where his body's at and see where his leg's at. And uh, Southern Hills is a course I think he's won at too, uh, at least one PGA there. So he's familiar with it. Um, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if Tiger's in the tournament and even if he's making the cut and he's playing on the weekend – golf's in a much better spot than it is when he's not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It was, it's this weekend was really about Scheffler. I mean, you see a lot of guys coming in the tournament as hot as he was. And I think it happens 
more times than all where the guy comes in on fire and he just like completely falls apart if the Masters doesn't play well. Complete opposite situation for Shuffler. I mean, the guy just, he really set himself apart on, I think everybody was struggling on Friday. Wim was blowing like a son of a bitch. And I think he went out and shot like five under. And he just like separated himself from the field and it was kind of, it a little like I said, it got a little close this morning or this afternoon. But other than that, it was, he didn't have sweated out too much. I think uh, it seemed like Tiger was probably just happy to get through the course and make all the cuts. Um, I don't think he was realistically thought. I mean, he says he thinks he could win, but I don't know if realistically he really thought he could probably win. Um, but he still played really well. And obviously, I'm not a big fan of Tiger, but um, it's so much yeah, better when he's good. When yeah, he's good, it's better. just fucking awesome. Yeah. Tiger's not a he's, great guy. Hold on. So the support of Tigers, he's got some pretty uh, sketchy. He's not a great guy. Stuff. He's not a great guy because of what he had extramarital affairs on his wife, which isn't good. Don't get me wrong, I'm not supporting that, but he's not supporting fucking terrorists. It's a little well, bit he's different. Also, like drug abuse with you know prescription drugs, driving drunk, pretty much with it. Um, and then it was probably a cover up too in the accident. So I mean, there's a lot of sketch parts to it, but. I mean, he's not like a horrible person. That's those are like personal things that he did ter- like bad that you would just would never want to be a part of. But um, he's not the he's not the cleanest human being. <laughs> I, I don't watch a ton of golf outside of the majors, unless it's like the Ryder Cup. And that's about it. But is there? This is the first time I've really seen him. But is there anyone who has better hair on the tour than Cameron Smith? <laughs> no. He looks like he looks like Joe Dart. That is an incredible it's set such of a strong mullet. he's got there. And it's it's, it's look- not like pretty hair either. It's no. He took his hat off when he finished on 18, and I was just like, that is such a sweet haircut. He wears it with pride. It's not pretty, but and it's awesome. And he's got that like little like dirt stash like too. It's unbelievable. Uh, it really is. You know, we're going real quick, going back to Tiger real quick. He he's never missed a cut at Augusta. It's awesome. As a as a professional. It just shows how fucking clutch he is, though. Yeah. I saw something, and I, I think I'm we're, I'm going to know the answer to all three of us here. But I saw this thing. It was pretty interesting. It was if somebody, if you went to Augusta National and they put you 50 yards off the green on every hole, could you shoot par? You teed off 50 yards from each green. Could you shoot par there? Uh-uh. <laughs> I know no I way. could. If I got in any kind no, of sand, I, don't... I ain't getting out. <laughs> and, no, and, and just I, watching I... uh, Scheffler putt on 18, this is a no way. I'd, I would easily four, five, six putt every hole. One of the things that they said, too, is like you listen to the announcers, and they made the comment about there's no other course in the world that you have to lie. You're lining up a three-foot putt outside the cup because there's so much break in it. Yeah. Um, I was like, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, 50 yards, man, that's not my, that's a chip in a pot. But then I'm like thinking to myself, I don't think I could do it. I got a couple questions about it, about the Masters. Um, I saw this one online. Uh, Would you rather hit an ace at 16 at Augusta or an ace at 16 at the Waste Management? I think you'd want to say you did it at the Masters. Uh, I am I in contention when I hit the ace, or is, am I just saying I got to make a choice as one or the other? Because if you're in contention at the Masters and you jar yeah. one like on Sunday, 
But I mean, if you're just like, if you're like, like Tyrell Hatton and like them guy, I don't know if you saw him today. That guy was losing his shit. <laughs> you like Tyrell Hatton, he was like 17 over, and I did it at yeah. the waste management. It'd be way more enjoyable. But I mean, if uh, it's got to be 16 at Augusta, what? and I'd probably rather I'd rather ace 12 at Augusta than 16 if I had. Well, choice. what if it's first round, first round of the tournament? So you could be in contention. I still think it's Augusta because it's, it's Augusta. It's the Masters. That's what I would say too. Yeah. But waste management, it would be hard not to because that place would be just. Um, and the other, the other thing I was thinking of too is that, like in all of sports, every single sport, the team sports, the individual sports, do you think there's? It's this is could be a hard one to like, to judge because no one's, no one can say they've done this. But is there a more rewarding win in all of sports than the Masters? Like Super Bowl, like World Series, like Wimbledon, the Masters, like it's an individual thing. You have no one else to blame except for yourself. And I feel like everyone in the sport knows, like, they just know the Masters. People who don't even know golf know the Masters. So I, all right, okay, so people who don't know golf, if you're just looking at it on the surface, you might be right. But I would argue on a world stage, winning the British Open may be a bigger deal than the Masters. Do you think the golfers think that? The Euros do. Yeah, of course those fucking stupid euros, dude. <laughs> but that's like so. I guess what I'm saying is like I just because I feel like you know when people somebody goes over to Scotland or they're going into Ireland or you, you know whatever and you're playing like St Andrews, and yeah. it's like you win like where they like the the home of golf, right? And if you win the Open there or something like that, I feel like there's just like more I don't know lore to it, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a very good question. I. Because the Masters is like it's a it's unbelievable. Like you said, everybody gets on board with it. Like it's the so best tournament in the world. I I if I am if I'm a star player on a on a Super Bowl team, then I think I'd rather win the Super Bowl. Like if I'm Matt Stafford, getting that I think is more. Like I can't even tell you who won the Masters last year. Like I, I know who it is, but I can't say his Matsuyama. name. Matsuyama or something. Yeah. I don't. I I didn't. I didn't even remember it until they showed it. So like the way I was thinking about it too is that like. The team sports is hard for me to to judge in this because you could be Tom Brady and that's the bad. This is a bad one. I'm not going to say Tom Brady. You could be Matt Stafford. You could win the Super Bowl and you could have an awful game, but your team just carries you to the Super Bowl because you know everyone around you. If you win the Masters, it's all on you. Like you you yeah. did that. You won that yourself. So like, I feel like you got to be so proud at the end of that, you know. And I just think that like, it seems like to me. The, uh, winning the Masters and the Green Jacket is kind of like the Heisman. Like, you're in this fraternity now for the rest of your life. Like, because you have this Green Jacket. They have this dinner. Like, yeah. it, they have their own locker rooms. There's a, there's a legit champions locker room at Augusta, and only past champions can use it during the week of the tournament. So awesome. it's like you just become an instant legend and you could suck yeah. the rest of your life for the, like every time you play golf, but like you wanted the Masters, you're now in that club. And I think that what's what sets it apart. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if like no, I, I don't know if the British Open does that, you know, I don't know if the US Open does stuff like that, but if they do, I don't know about it, so it's No, definitely... I don't think it is. I think there's a lot more lore around and around the Masters. Um so like I said, I think some golfers may think it, you know, depending on where you were at the British Open, may think it's a bigger deal. I me personally, I think it would be the Masters. I mean, I feel like any kid, especially from the US, that is growing up playing golf like they have those like 
you do that stuff on a putting green wherever your home course is, and it's like you're on 18 at Augusta to like you got a one putt to win the Masters. I mean, everybody yeah. does that, so I feel like, but I I, I could probably. Yeah, I probably agree with you, man. That's it's a very good question. And like Speaking one, of, uh, one other thing I just want to say about it too is that like all these other majors, they're always cycling through different courses, like where the Masters yeah. is just always yeah, Augusta. That's, that's the best. And I think that's what's awesome about it is that like mm. that course is it's like got to be the most famous course in the world, maybe outside of like um, St Andrews or something like that. But yeah, it I don't know that course, dude. It's just every, the lore about it and. Uh, there's just even being a fan, like how difficult it is to be to, like go to it, and then like the even the prices of the food there. It's like everything about it is just fucking yeah. awesome. Well, and it's like crazy because like even my like my father is a golf fan. My dad, you know, has played golf for years, loves golf. But he even said today when he come down, he goes, "This is the only tournament that I could sit down and watch every single shot every like all day long and not get sick and tired of it." Yeah. He goes, "I don't know yeah. what it is." He goes, "It's just." Everything about it, like the pines and the grass, it's like I could. He just said that he goes, I could watch every single shot every guy makes for four rounds straight and not get tired of it. So, sorry, go ahead, Sherry. Big time, big time well, bucket list. Yeah, no, just going back to like people who played it growing up in the U.S., this is what they dream of like being a golfer. Do you think like golfing is, I mean, it's obviously a mentally hard sport and like. Probably, probably the hardest mental sport there is. Do you think if every kid like it's there's way more kids that play basketball? Do you think there'd be just way more competition to be better to do it? Like, do you think there'd be better players if all these kids did it? Yeah, I do. Dude, like I, I think a lot more. I think I don't. Hold on, me try to like regroup here. So like, here's how I, I thought of it. Right, like I played a shit ton of basketball, football. Baseball growing up, like every day, all the time. If I just concentrated on golf, I think I could play with these guys. No. Fuck yeah, yeah I could. No, I don't. Absolutely. If I put as much time as I did into those sports when I was a kid, growing up, I could, I could play. You're. I mean, not that that I'd be as good as them, but I mean, I think I could be really fucking good. No, yeah, you definitely could be really good. I mean, I have been playing golf since I was eight years old. If I had, if I played golf every day during the summer. I could get down close, like in you know, a low single digit handicap probably, but you're not, these guys are like plus five plus sevens. I mean, they're not fucking, they're just on another planet. And I think like you talk about, I think I don't, I, it, it costs a lot of money to play golf. Yeah. Cause like, they got to get like all I, the trainer. I mean, the uh, pro golf well, guys not, that help it's swing not even, and all that in the course. Well, it's not, but it's not even that. Like, if you look at all the clubs that I have in my bag, oh. if I paid retail for them, I, I, I buy all my clubs. Like, there's barely used because I'm just not paying full price for them. If I had all the clubs in my bag, if I paid retail for them, I have probably over $2,000 in my golf bag alone. Just oh, more than that, Gola. I looked this week, dude, and it was, I, well, I needed wood. Well, here's what I'm saying. So if I bought it was a brand new, if I brought my, if I bought my, now nah, I'm trying to think. My driver and three. My driver's over five hundred dollars, brand new. My three right. woods. Right, a set of irons goal is a thousand for a really good set. No, yeah. I know my the irons I have are like fourteen hundred bucks. I think thirteen hundred dollars, brand new. Right. This so. is this absolute brag fest going on right now, too. By the way, can we just fucking touch base on what that? What do you mean? They just brand. I said brand, I, don't I don't give pay a shit. Just saying, if I put all my time into this, and I think you guys would surprise yourself. I think if you guys did this from like the time you were age six and started practicing golf. You'd be better than you think you would be. 
Can I no, say I one know, thing about I, I this whole I'm golf thing? I'm not, dis- I'm not disagreeing you with that sense. I'm just saying I don't think you could play and compete with these guys on tour. I I got to think that where you live is huge about it because for us, yeah. we can't, we can't even play golf for what? Five, yeah. six months out of the year, maybe? Yep. I mean, some courses just opened up like uh, last week. I would ago. have to imagine that every player on the PGA Tour, their parents, when they realized they were going to golf, made a decision and they moved them to a place where they could play golf 12 I months I have this year. written down, Kev. This is why I wanted to bring up this. I got a few more things to say, too. But, yeah, like some kids in the South, same with baseball. Actually, the Northeast has put out a better product as of late for baseball, but baseball has been dominated by California and Florida and Texas. Uh, yeah. Because they can they play, play around. around. Same with golf. Yeah. And if you if if like I said, if you played as much as these guys played, I think you do. You surprise yourself. And I think there's just so few kids that actually play golf. And then to be able to stick with it and then like find and like like you said to be able to afford it. Like there's so I, much cost to it. It's insane. I just when, I just think that it's I I I I firmly agree with you that when you said you played and you dedicated it and like whatever. You'd be a lot better than you think you would be. No question. Like I said, I agree with you. I think if we all played when we were eight years old and we, during the summer, and when we were able to play here in Maine and we played every day, every other day, everybody on this call could probably be a single digit handicap. No, no I could. No problem. Okay. Well, so you're just literally going against your own argument. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. If I started when I was a kid, I'm That's already... what I just said. That's what I just said. If you started oh, I thought you were when saying you were if kid. I started right now. Oh, no, no, no. no, no, no. no. Sorry, sorry. We're going as a kid. You could be a. We'd all would be. <laughs> no, if I started I was like, kid, Jesus I'd be the pros. But my point is, is like, you have all these guys on tour, and like, then there's like another like, how X amount of people on like the web.com or whatever the hell it's called now, and there's so many smaller like little satellite tours that these guys are gonna grind through to play in, like so like, say there's like whatever I don't know a hundred. 200 guys on tour normally there's probably another like 3,000 that are on these like small little fucking satellite tours who won't maybe you'll never sniff the pga tour and then you got all everybody else that's below them that are like legit zero or don't have a handicap or like one or two plus handicaps who can't sniff those guys i mean i just don't i don't you are it's just it's no different to me than like NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, like, yes, you need to play as a young kid to, like, really get into it, but, like, I don't think that you can just play golf and then just be elite like these guys are. I think it's just, like, you have it or you don't. See, but, I think it's, I will say, like, in, in the NBA, if if you're not six foot five, you're pro like, the chances are already cut so much. And not as much baseball, but in football, if you're not the fastest kid, because there's so much speed, straight power you're you're already cut your chances and but in golf i could be fucking way overweight and go daily and still be a fucking stud golfer i mean i can uh, some of these things that they were talking about and I, I we can get into it now i thought kev had one more thing to say that i was gonna i was gonna, before i brought something else up but i did yeah so i i think that golf <laughs> I, I don't know these guys are like they, they like they they walk on water right these golf guys but in reality to me they're almost like Obviously, they're amazing, but if everybody golfed, if all these kids that played other sports golfed, I think that you would see other players that were better. 
when when you first said it, I wasn't thinking of just average people like you and I. I was thinking more of like guys like the guys who are already good, like Steph Curry, Tony Romo. Right. If they if they dedicated their lives to golf and not to football and basketball, do I think that they would be on the PGA Tour? And I do think they would. I think I think it takes somewhat of athleticism, but it also takes like the mental capacity to like handle playing golf. And I think that those guys that they've already made it to like a pro sport show that they have that mentality. I think if they dedicated their life to golf, that yes, they would be there. That's the way I thought the question mm-hmm. was when you asked it. And I think that that like that shouldn't be overlooked. It's like because golf is so hard mentally. So like just because you're a good athlete, um, if you're a mental head case, you're just not going to be a good golfer. You're really not. So I mean, it takes it ta- does take. It, uh, to me, it's more mental than it is friggin' skill or athletic ability. Yeah, and I, I just, I mean, I guess I, I'm just. I agree with you that we'd all be better. I just don't. I mean, if you're talking just us common, you know, the common Joe, common man, whatever, we'd be better and we could turn into stud golfers. I mean, I don't truthfully don't think it takes that much time to figure it out. Um, And the reason I'm saying that is like vet is a perfect example. Shout out vet. When we were in college and like right out of college, I'm telling you, I played golf with him and he was fucking horrible. Like legit, like, picking the ball up, like shooting over 90 on nine holes. I mean, really fucking bad. And then he moved into Nantucket and he started playing golf all the time. He went to the range all the time and just grinded all the time. And he, it was, he, he could play golf down on Nantucket year round. The course doesn't close. And he like had like, he has like two months off, two and a half months off because of his with work for him. Mm-hmm. And he can play, he used to go every single day. And, like I think the lowest he got down to was like he was like a six point nine or six point eight handicap, and I guarantee when he started, I mean it was, and it didn't take. I mean I don't want to say it didn't take him that long. That probably happened over like a seven year span, which seems like a lot a lot of time, but like in the grand scheme of things, that's really not, especially and, when you played that much. So I think like no question, like Troy, you said you couldn't become a single digit if you and Kimmy won the lottery. And you could play golf every single day and like hire a swing coach and do that shit. You could get down to a single digit. No, there's no doubt in my mind. If you played enough, you could. Yeah. I think, I think if you play enough golf, you can get, you can become really good at it. But I just think that those guys are on another goddamn level that it's just, they, I don't, they th- definitely are on a level. I just think there'd be, I think you would see more. If more people played it when they were kids, you'd see more people on that level. That's basically what I was think i was trying to get at if that makes sense one thing too is that we're comparing like our handicaps on these courses in maine that we play and these courses on maine aren't even close to the level that these guys on the tour play on like even if you change the rough and like make the rough like a half an inch longer it's like that's gonna just make you know so it's I kind of see where you're coming from, Shuri. Obviously, if if everyone that played a sport just dedicated themselves to golf, of course, would see more people that would make it. I that's a given to me, but I still think it's it's brutally hard. The percentage of the people that are on tour, the actual percentage, is such a small, small number. Right. So. I think I get. I would be willing to bet the amount of people that are on tour, like that percentage of the total amount of golfers in the world is minuscule compared to like anything else. Like, I feel like there's more people play golf than more people play basketball. 
around the world. I honestly not as kids, that. probably as easily as adults. No, but. no, no. Yeah, you're right. Probably not <clears> as kids. But I just yeah. It's just a good thought. I think that if if more people played, as if more kids played and and like dedicated themselves to it, we'd see a little bit more competition. Maybe in not that the competition's not amazing as it is. I'm just saying, um, it would be cool if there was like in the Masters there was like three or four people shooting for the top shot. You know what I mean? Well, and I stuff. and I think the the thing is is like I just feel like the last couple of years it hasn't been that way. Right. But it's not like. But if you look back to like last year, DJ just ran away with it all. Um, well, that's weird. The Red Sox fucking bullpen comes in and just fucking keeps letting up runs oh, yeah. and shit. Shocked. Anyways, um, DJ ran away the last year, sent a, sent a scoring record at the tournament. The year before, um, they didn't have a tournament. And then it was Tiger. And if I don't know if you guys remember it, but Tiger had to, he couldn't double bogey 18. All he could do was bogey 18 because Kepka was right there. Mm-hmm. So, I think most years there's other guys that's on the leaderboard. It's just the last few years you've had, it's kind of like a recency thing where you're like looking at like DJ ran away with it. Shuffler kind of ran away with it today and over the weekend. So, but yeah, I mean, if you had a tournament where there was like going to playoffs every, every year, that'd be, it'd be awesome. But I just think that you, the guys get hot. And that's the one thing I like about golf is like these guys go on runs where they're, Shuffle is like the legit seems like the best player on planet Earth right now. He's won like four times and like he was number one ranked for a reason, you know. Right. But like you're not like next year at this time, if he's tenth in the world and kind of struggling, it wouldn't surprise me because it's just that's just how it is with these guys. Get hot. Yep. My so my next biggest thing that I saw is it's my last thing. Golf has got to be the and I don't even mean to I, I I'm really not bashing golf. Because I think that like they embrace it. It's the biggest pussy sport of all time, dude. They were talking pre-masters, right? They were like guys warming up. They're like, he's got a stiff neck. I don't know if he can how well he's gonna shoot today for a stiff neck. But, I'm like, dude, he's got a stiff neck. Could you imagine if Tom Brady walked out there and was like, geez, you know, playing the Saints today, had a stiff neck last night. I don't know how well I'm gonna throw I, it. Could you freaking think... imagine what the media would do? Like, that's literally, a, like, that's, like, not even, like, I'm not bashing him. It's, like, literally a good excuse in golf. is like, hey, I had a stiff neck. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get a good massage last night. Yeah, I just think that it's, like, the nature of what they do is why they make that stuff such a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then, like, yeah, they were like, it could really affect the swing. I'm like, okay, so if if a guy in baseball has a stiff neck, and he strikes out four times. We're like hammer him because he struck but, out four but times. But the thing is, is the guy in baseball, do... not, they're not gonna they're not gonna play him though. I feel like the only two oh, sports that feel like, like a really I feel like guys play through injuries for a while for baseball. Like Raphael Devers no. played the whole postseason with like an injured forearm and just never set a but fucking word. That's diff- that's different though. You're it's not about, though. They're like, you're swinging. Both 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 guys are swinging. No, that's I'm what I said to my dad. I'm my dad's saying, like, I'm, yeah, everything's so you know. I'm saying it's different because I, you said the postseason. I think guys I think there's feel guys like who play through injuries in baseball. Some of them. A lot more. It's uh, it's not a bad thing. I I think that they embrace it. Um, like okay, so here's another one I heard. This is gonna be a tough walk. The yeah. course is a tough walk. Was it for Tiger? Walk. It wasn't was it? for. And I swear it was not for Tiger. 
I swear it was not. Because I, I get it, Tiger, obviously, that's like, that's huge. Yeah. It was not for Tiger. It was literally a tough walk. Like, how is he going to respond to these courses, walks, and the inclines and declines? I was like, that's like, that was said. That That's not, that's not me making it up. That's awesome. Like, that's not, I'm not even getting mad. That's awesome. Like, if, the, if that's an excuse in golf, like, embrace being the biggest pussy sport. And it's good for you. Like, it, like hey, if you, these are your excuses, cool. But I've heard it before. Like, I've not just heard it. Like, I'm, I've heard it before Tiger got hurt. Like, oh, how's, how's, how's they going to knee? How's his sore back going to respond to these hills that he's walking? Like, come on, dude. Okay, one more, one more. I got one more for you to embrace. Oh, my fuck. No, this is good. It was 60 degrees, and they were talking about how cold their hands were. Oh, dude. Come on. Your hands are cold. It's 60 fucking degrees. (laughs) Was it yesterday? Hold on. Biggest pussy sport. I'm with you on that one, because I think it was, like, yesterday morning, or I I think it was yesterday morning. They showed a clip of Colin Morikawa with a full, like, baklava, or whatever them things are, like. Yes. All over his head, it's like, bro, like, I, I understand he's from California, but it's like fucking 55, 60 degrees out. It's not cold enough where you need to have like a winter hat covering every part of your uh, body except for like your eyes. Like, Jesus Christ. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't get an excuse for, for losing games in negative 15 degree weather with wind chill, these guys don't get an excuse for 60 degree weather and their hands might be cold on their swing. That's why they're missing pots. I, I looked up Augusta. If you walked 18 at Augusta, it's just under six miles. Six miles. That's really not like for a pro athlete. Do you, you think do Devers could walk six miles, dude? Cakewalk that guy. Fucking Devers. Are you kidding me? Devers could fucking sprint oh it. He's a what young. Tra- no, Devers is a Brown? child. He's one of what those Trent freaks. Brown? Trent Brown. Uh, he'd pull two calves. <laughs> he'd pull both. But I will say Devers has like a youth. Um, like, yeah, he's definitely got a little bit of, of extra, but he does have that, like, youth ability where he's still so young and dumb. But Vlad Jr., on the other hand, a he year ago, he ain't doing it. He's doing it now, though. He's doing it. He's running it now. He's doing it on his hands. Uh, yeah, that was my three biggest. I thought that I, I don't I, I actually enjoyed golf more the Masters this year more than any. I, when I heard these three excuses, I was dying laughing. I said, it's great for the podcast, but they were real excuses in golf, and that's fine. If they used them in other sports, they would get absolutely crucified, but that's okay. That's what makes golf, golf. Yep. You know, it's different than any other sport because it is it is so much more mentally challenging than the other sports, and that's part of the mental challenge. You know, the hills, yeah. the walking, the breathing, the, you know, the you know, sore bodies, like... It shouldn't bother you that much, but it, it, if you're thinking about a sore neck when you're swinging, I'm sure it's fucking really going to bother you, and really. And then if you you know, you know have cold hands and you're feeling the temperatures, yeah, it's going to bother you. Like, Tiger sucked with his sweatshirt. Remember, he took his sweatshirt off and, on yeah. Friday, and he started letting it loose? It was I, like, oh. I was going to say, I, w- I will say, too, like, swinging a golf club when it's cold sometimes, and, like, again, this is coming from me, like, who's just, like, a fucking hacker, right? But, like, and I don't, cause I'm not making like great contact every single time. And I will tell you when it's fucking cold out and your hands are cold and you make bad contact. It's like when you hit the ball off the end of the barrel on a baseball bat mm-hmm. and something yep. like that, your hand just vibrates. It vibrates yeah. yep. You know, if I, if you flush them all the time, it, may, it shouldn't be as bad because it usually feels like you barely even hitting anything, but. Did you had something else before Shory and I went on a rant. <laughs> 
I couldn't even tell you what it was. Okay. Oh, I yeah. thought it was another question about the uh, one of those other questions. I saw this other one too. This okay. is fucking ridiculous. There's absolutely no chance I'm doing this unless I can play from like the white tees. If I'm playing from the tips, there's no fucking chance. And I still wouldn't do it because I'm not risking it. But it was if you played 18 holes, played the entire course at Augusta, if you you'd get $10 million if you birdied a single hole. If But if you didn't, you had to go to jail for like three years. Yeah, I saw that. It was 25 years go to jail, wasn't it? Oh, was it 25? Yeah, I, don't it was, I, I don't know. Well, that was the one I saw. It was zero chance I'd do that. No chance. You had to play from the tips with the pin locations. No, there's no zero fucking chance. chance. Why would yeah. anybody do that? Yeah, no chance. I, I Honest to God, these fucking pros, why would they even do it? There's, some of these guys aren't birdie in holes every round. Tyrell Hatton probably did today, did he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, he was struggling. But I, I don't know. The, that, the things are always so ridiculous to me because it's like I feel like they come up with them and I'm like, they're so absurd. Like, you're going to play like one of the toughest golf courses in the world from the tips and you get $10 million if you birdie hole. But if not, you go to jail for basically the rest of your life. I'm like, yep. no, I'm all set. Like, I know. Fuck that. Uh, switch up a little bit. We are 35 seconds away from the C's of locking up the two seed. That's uh, Yeah, that's interesting because obviously you're going to probably play, most likely, the chances are you're going to play the Nets. So, yeah. um, I, I, I like right now, I saw Jalen Brown walked into it and said new, his, his shirt said new energy. Um, it, it, I think that's just like what they're going to try to embrace is like, they're like, thinking we don't care like right now we are playing the best basketball play like in the nba they just don't care for the celtics so um i think that i think the bucks are the favorite out of the east they're gonna be the three seed so i mean this is gonna hey there we go got one back i um, uh i hate playing to try to like figure out where you yeah. want to be in the standings i feel like that's just bad bobby is it bobby get rid it of that motherfucker uh, I just feel like it's just bad juju, and I feel like you're just setting yourself up to just be let down. So good for the Celtics going for the team. I think it's going to be uh, it's gonna be like the gauntlet the Celtics have put themselves into. I mean, you get the, probably the Nets, then the Bucks, and then the Heat or the 76ers. But yep. you know what? If you're going to do it, you might as well make a run. You think you're playing good enough, um, and you just hope that you get Rob Williams back, and he, he's back to full health. and. See what happens, well, but right now the Bucks I, are the best team in the East. And at the end of the day, if you, if you have, if you think that you're a title contender, you're gonna have to go through all those teams anyway. So, it, you know what I mean? It's it's not like most of the time you get into the playoffs, dominoes don't fall to a point where like you're just playing a bunch of teams that you know you can beat. So, really, it's uh, you're gonna have to beat, you're gonna have to beat yeah. Philly, you're gonna have to. Well, beat you, the way you look at Miami it, right? Anyway, so is if you beat. The, the Nets, you have home court against the Bucks, where yeah, you beat the you beat the Raptors, but then you then you have to play the Bucks, and they have home court. I I, I mean the Garden gets pretty after it, so right. Um, I'll take the home court, and then hopefully they can beat the Bucks and the Nets. I mean, yeah, the Nets first, then the Bucks, and we'll we'll go from there. But for me, this, I think the worst matchup for the Celtics is actually the Heat. Um, they just don't play them well. And if they ever if they face them too, it'd obviously be on the road. That's that's huge yeah. in NBA. Mm-hmm. So and this has got to uh, be the best year for the East in a long time, oh, it's right? Loaded. Yeah, it's really. It, it to me, it always seemed like over the even the last like twenty years, it's always been the West has been like head and shoulders better. And this year, yeah. not even a doubt, the East is way better. 
do you like again? I, I admittedly don't watch the NBA probably as much as either one of you. Definitely not you, Shari. But um, does anybody really talk about Phoenix? It's weird, huh? Best team. In the I feel NBA. Like they really talking, are awesome. They, they went to they went to the finals last year, and I think they they only did they not win because like, was it Chris Paul get hurt? He was hurt Vince, a little bit. Yeah, I think it was just because the Bucks were just. Oh, I thought somebody got hurt last better, year. Kind of like swung things a little bit, but I mean, like they are, like you know, whatever. They only lost seventeen fucking games this year. Yep, they're really good. And Paul's been hurt for a little bit. He's back now, but he's he was hurt for a little while there too. They had a pretty good run there for like games one in a row to start the year, didn't they? Did they lose their first two or three to start the year, and then they rattled off like eighteen or nineteen yeah, in a row? Nuts. Yeah. They defend well. I mean, that's and that's like literally if you look at it ever since like January 1st, though, the Celtics are one and two in offensive efficiency, offense and defense efficiency. And then uh, Phoenix is right after them. Like they're they're right now. They are the playing the best two out of everybody. Um, But that's the thing about them all year. They defend. They have height. um, And then you have Chris Paul at the point and. And he's like one of the most underrated defenders of all time, really. He is yep. so scrappy. He always leads the league in steals. Um, that team's loaded, yeah. And, and the second best team is... Uh, in the West? Yeah, the Memphis. Grizzlies. Yep. And they are getting all the talk because John Morant is just a human highlight reel. It's yeah, unbelievable. He is. He's like the most, he is so fun to watch. I like want to like hate on it because ESPN can't stop showing him. But like his misses are electric. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, how did he just like sky through the air like that and then like move his whole body and then lay it up like that and, and it didn't even go in and it was still amazing. Yeah. That's when you can do when you can make highlights on misses, that's when you know you're special. All right. I think we, we gotta obviously talk baseball here, but one last thing about NBA, like if you had to pick MVP for the year, who do you think it is? NBA. Uh, yeah, it's either Embiid or Joker. I, I'd probably go Joker because I think we take for granted how good he is, man. Uh, well, like it's hard to win it back to back, right? But it, like his stats are just as good as last year's. Um, and he's not quite a scorer of Embiid, but he's a better, you know, distributor. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's I think Jokic is gonna win. Jokic, I don't even say his name, but like Giannis is like pushing way into the conversation too. So it's like you have like three legit people who mm-hmm. can win it. And I think the like this year is that like all three of those teams are like contenders so yeah i don't think you can really complain and it's pretty cool they're all like big men too so seemed like it was a guard league for a while there yep all right we gonna talk baseball it's time i mean it's uh opening <laughs> opening weekend we've got all of our all the other stuff out of the way baseball it's here um a, uh, four days of baseball there's been some guys that are mashing the ball right now some guys that we expected some guys that we didn't expect um what what do you guys think? Well, who who on your team is is playing really well that you uh, expected um, to do big things well, and they're actually doing it? Uh Aaron Otto's mashing right now for me. Um, it's only a couple games in, couple games into the season, so I'm not gonna get too high on it. But uh, I will say this: when we the last time we talked, I asked you guys who you think is gonna have the big weekend for you guys fantasy wise. That's on your team. Um, and the individual that I went with was uh, from Toronto, Lori's Goriel. And I just want to get, provide an update. He is currently two for 12 this year. He's <laughs> so, Trump's three uh, for 13. So I'm really. Hey, I, he does have three RBIs. So there's a little bit going on there, but he hasn't done shit. Hey, Nate Lowe's got a 955 OPS right now. Ooh, no, 
Jacob. You know, I I'm really. And then obviously Vladdy Daddy. Anytime we have like predictions or like questions on what I, th- I am literally just gonna give like the worst answer. Because if it's yeah. like a even like I thought Trout was like a logical one, like who's gonna have a good weekend? Nah, fucking Trout because he's gonna play. I I'm a jinx. I'm a human jinx. I'm just gonna say somebody that I like. I'm not even gonna play. Like, oh, this guy's gonna ride my bench. I'm gonna say his name. Yep. It, yeah. It's so it's so hard to like the first weekend of baseball to like not overreact to how oh. something happens. You know, like obviously like if Trout sucks, it's like it's very easy not to overreact because he has such a long track record mm-hmm. of like being nasty. But like. Like I own, like Christian Yelich, and thank God, like he has a he has over a one OPS. It's only three games. I get it, but like if he would have started off like with like I don't know, an OPS mm-hmm. under under point five, like I would be like, all right, I'm trading this guy. I'm just trading him right now, and I'm definitely not expecting like the 2018 numbers from Yelich. But it's like just the fact that he has a, over a one OPS to start three games. It's like to me, it's like thank you, Lord. So yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like and like I was texting uh with ug well in our group chat on saturday when like the chicago cubs well first of all the chicago cubs beat the shit out of every single milwaukee pitcher this weekend shocking really did. Uh, yeah it's ridiculous and their but lineup is when, garbage brutal yeah um but when you sent me that talking about woodruff and i'm like i'm fucking i'm trading them it's yeah. time to sell my team's trash this year i mean obviously i was like doing a little tongue-in-cheek like being sarcastic about it but it is like legit the most frustrating thing in the world is when like you start off and you're like looking at guys like, oh, I think they're gonna have a big year. And I'm like, you piece of shit. Yeah. Fucking three games in, they're like haven't got a hit yet. And I'm like, season's over. This is this is fucking terrible. Yeah, that for me right now is Max Muncy. So like, he hasn't done anything. I think he has like one hit, maybe one walk. So it's like, it does he have a lingering issue with his shoulder or his elbow, whatever the fuck it was? Is there something wrong there? Should I be looking to trade him now before he like absolutely crumbles or like? Right. So I just sit on him. It's Max Muncy. He's gonna come back and start mashing and get on base. Like, yeah. I'm gonna obviously. I'm. I'll tell you right now. I'm not gonna overreact because he's like one of my favorite players, and I love that he plays double multiple positions. But you do have to question, and I do think about it. And I'm like, well, what the frig, dude? What's wrong with you? You're batting fourth in 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 L.A. lineup. You should be mashing for me already, but he hasn't. Um, don't overreact, Andy. It, no, and it's and it's like a perfect overreaction thing too. He's like. Right before we jumped on, I picked up uh, Jerickson Profar because he's four for ten this year with two homers and six RBIs, and I'm like, oh, he's finally breaking out. Yeah. Like this is the year that he finally like does what everybody thought he was gonna do, and it's not. I'm gonna he I may get another game or two out of him. It's like he does well, but he's gonna go back to being like a fucking 315 OBP guy with no power and whatever. So, but I think that's what I love about fantasy. It's like the you just there's so many like I don't say highs and lows, but you just get so like excited about like small things and so pissed off about like one of your studs not hitting six home runs in the first three games i i think that's one of the biggest things that separates uh like a good manager from a great manager it's to find those guys that get hot and then it's to know when to like you know to drop them to let go of them like you obviously yeah. know you, you know you obviously know that jerks and profile is not gonna be a guy that's gonna win you a championship but like he could win you a matchup for a week if he gets hot right yeah. And for you and to I recognize like, that, and then to you know, bench him when he starts to slump or to drop him, then that's what separates the people. And, I think. And that was one thing last year. Like, gee, you kept. I for whatever reason last year, when there was like that, I didn't have a full roster picking up guys. I was on a heater all year picking up guys last you year. You were, you were on spot starts offensively. Just like I swear, 
they just everybody I picked up was just like they go yard. They play them one game, I drop them. I I I got really lucky last year with that. Um, but no, I agree with you. It's especially in the head-to-head matchup. If you're playing in a head-to-head head-to-head league, that those are huge. You get on guy that can just ride them for a week. Um, and even though in even in like rotisserie leagues, I mean, if you get a guy that's dominates for a week, he's can move you up a few points in the standings or push you ahead. You know, so I was sincerely pissed that I missed picking up Stephen Kwan today, and then he goes out today and puts up a five for five spot. It just was like a dagger that was twist, and my opponent has him, so he literally is like <laughs> twisting this knife, and I like I couldn't believe it. I was like. Where is he on free agents? Okay, wait, I'll have to search by name, I guess. Search by name, he's already on a team. Go to, like, the main, like, league page. When did he get added? Oh, 10 minutes ago. I was like, you got to be shitting me. Got Dude, me. I I love that he's no. 8 for 10 on the year. 8 for 10 and 0 RBIs. It's just... And 3 walks. 8 <laughs> for 10 an awesome... and 3 walks. That's incredible. This guy, yeah. And, and you know what? His And I was like, how have I... N- I've never heard of him, right? So I went and, like, looked at his minor league page, and he's got, like, a 65 hit tool. And he's like yeah. not even top ten in, in Cleveland. It's like, what the frig? Why is no one ever talking about these guys? You know, they just hit. And he's hitting in front of J J Rams. That's a pretty good spot to be. And it's a great spot to be. It's not bad. Yeah, no, especially him and Fran Mill. Yep. But anybody, yeah. anything you guys, any highlights you guys saw this weekend that was like, I think it was cool. Like I know, like he, he I think he ended up letting up three runs. Um. Or in like the, his last inning, but Hunter Green had some fucking electric shit when he's in the beginning of his start. He's pumping a hundred miles an hour. Hundred and one, dude. It's it was awesome. The dude is. Uh, I still think he's a reliever long term, possibly, but. I mean, I didn't I don't even know. see. Uh, they? Oh, they beat the Braves six three that game. Yeah. Yeah, you got to win. Look at his box score there. Seven Ks, man. Love to see it. Uh, and the ball Olsen hit out of the park on him. He just like barreled it, and then because it's thrown so hard that it, like it wasn't like Olsen turned on it and it was a absolute bomb. He just it's a hundred one mile fastball, and he hit the sweet spot of the barrel, and the center fielder just kept running back and was like, "Holy fuck, this ball's gonna go over!" Because hey, the guy's throwing so hard, you just barrel it, it's gone. Do you know who but did hit a bomb? Good today? luck barreling it. Who? Oh, Vladdy. Whoa. He had well, a well, There was no doubt about that one. You don't care how hard you're throwing. Whoa. No. I love the age that we're living in with like the stat cast stuff and like mm-hmm. being able to see yeah. the like every metric and you can see it like pretty much instantly, right? And it's so cool to see. And someone had shared in our group chat there that Vladdy's homer was just an absolute piss missile, right? And it still wouldn't have been a homer in two ballparks, which is crazy. And it's because like he hit it so low, but he just friggin' roped it. No, I didn't even see that. Right. It would have been projected 460, 468 feet, but yeah, it would have been a home like or two parks, which is and wild then, to think. And then he shared a um another one that was Eugenio Suarez. Hey, let's, let's, let's give a shout out, huh? Pelchy. Pelch. Appreciate you, Pelch. Definitely. He, he sent another one that said Eugenio Suarez hit a ball today. That was an out in Seattle. That would have been a home run in the other 29 parks. It's just really bad luck. That's a dagger. And then the the Yanks won on opening day with two home runs that were only home runs in Yankee Stadium, weren't a home run in the other twenty nine other ballparks. Yep. Um. So you never know. Like, would that game be different with the you know with the Red Sox been able to hold on? Probably not because their bullpen's garbage. But 
who knows, right? Yeah, the whole besides the Valdi, but the whole staff is garbage. Anyways, uh, you you just don't know, right? Like that's yeah. and and then I was reading, then I saw on on Twitter, and I can't confirm it, but that the Yankee Stadium isn't even a top fifteen home run ballpark. Well, I think I think the right field line for Yan- for Yankee Stadium is huge. So obviously you have like big left-handed boppers, then that's great. But the Yankees lineup is built mostly right-handed lineup, right? So mm-hmm. I, I don't. Everyone talks about how Yankee Stadium is like this launching pad, but it really only is for like right-handed like pull hitter. I mean left-handed pull hitters. So okay. So yeah, I'll tell you one thing. Field's a little deep. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. gaps in center. I mean, the gaps in Yankee Stadium are deep. I obviously, as a Red Sox fan, don't care for the Yankees. But I will tell you one thing I do really enjoy watching, and that is Giancarlo Stanton hit fucking baseballs. That dude, the homer he hit yesterday was an app. Just, I swear he hits them and they like they are over the fence in like a half a second. It's yeah. on, it's just ridiculous. Uh, I'll tell you, he is a different. Bomb. One thing strike. about him though, and I think it's probably because he swings so hard, is that he has some bad looking strikeouts though. Like where it looks like he's not even close to the ball because yeah. he's just. I think he just goes up every time looking to hit, set a stat cast record. And I think he like like that's that's part of him though, right? Like you watch Manny, Manny would like swing and miss on curveballs on purpose just so they throw it again. And yeah. It's like, all right, I'm going to swing like this is a fastball. And, and you know what? Maybe he's doing that thing where give me another slider, see what happens. Because apparently whatever he's doing against the Red Sox, he's hitting it something now. Uh, going back to Fagol's <clears throat> original question, but I think the biggest thing for the weekend is not even fantasy. It's just the, the fact that the Yankees, I've already taken this first series. I think last year the Sox won maybe 10, Yankees won nine, right? I think that's what it was. Pretty, pretty even split. Know. But just to start the season off on the right foot, I think is huge. So even if they drop this game, just to start the season with a series win. I don't, I just, yeah, I know for sure. I just look at the Sox and I like their lineup, but I just, there's nothing in that rotation that gets me excited. And really, other than like Whitlock in the bullpen, I, I just, if, at the end of the year, if you told me the Sox were under 500, I wouldn't be surprised. Their yeah. staff is their their pitching staff's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Right, and I, they can't I they can't be... depend on the bullpen either. You're right. Like they're gonna lose a lot of games this year because the bullpen blows leads. They got to find a horse, right? Like in 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 to Cora's credit, he's been so fucking good at doing this. Like last year, the same thing. Like that's all anyone could talk about. And it was like, all right, well, Matt Barnes came out of the season. He was absolutely lights out. And then Barnes started struggling. They found guys like Garrett Whitlock, and they found Robles they got from, like, the Angels, who was garbage, and we were making fun of when they happened. But, like, guess what? He became a good pitcher. That's what Core's just been amazing at finding these guys. So I, I'm definitely hesitant. Like, I'm going to give Core all the chances in the world because I, he's my favorite manager. Um, he's my favorite manager in Boston. So I think that... Uh, I would definitely give him the benefit of the doubt for now and give him like a month or so to, to figure it out. Whoa, whoa, hold on. I got a question. He said he's your favorite manager mm-hmm. in Boston. So right now. all four major sports, he's your favorite? Yep. Really? Over Belichick? You got it. Dude, Bill's what, what? doing some <clears throat> shit. 
What do you mean? Do you like? Do you mean like just like how you like them with the team, or like if you played? No, no, no. I no, no, no. I think like I just love what Cora does. Like I think he's yeah. just so calm, and cool, collective. Where I, I'm Udoka, by the way. I was so hard on it at first, and he is absolutely me wrong. But it's only his first year. But um, Belichick right now is just like just so out there, like. He's, he's ex- so against. He's exposed as a fraud because he doesn't have Brady friggin' backing him up it, anymore, dude. That's I'm, what it I'm is. I'm fully on board with saying you haven't done anything without Brady. So exactly. Uh, but I have a question for you: Would that change if Brad Stevens was still there? Because I think he might sneak into your number one, dude, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> There's no shot Brad Stevens is in there. So uh, no shot. Big Brad Stevens yeah, it, hater over here. Just to elaborate, I didn't mean that I thought the Sox are going to be in a 500 because they've lost. They may lose, say they lose this yeah, game three. I just mean in general. Like, I, yeah. I didn't care for their staff no, their going staff into the year. It's, garbage. Just, it's not very it, good. And it's the best division of baseball, so like, it wouldn't be shocking. Someone's got to finish under 500. He's got to do wonders to fucking do it because they have gave him absolutely nothing. No, his, his staff is fucking shit. Uh, one thing I like, want to say. Oh, go ahead. Give, give, get right no, more no, on no, 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 Go no, ahead. I'm gonna no. change the subject on it. No, I was just gonna say, like, like they're just showing the screen right now as Corin Avaldi. I like Avaldi a lot, but Avaldi's not a guy that you. He can't be your ace. He can't even be your number two. I don't think. In a really, he good could be your two. He, his numbers so. are good enough to be your two. I don't think he's the top end stuff to be it, but whatever. That's just my opinion. But oh, that I don't know about that. Uh, what I was going to say is, um, I don't know if it was opening day, but it was this team's opening day. But um, Rangers go up 7 nothing on the Blue Jays. Do you think there was any doubt that the Blue Jays were going to come back in that game and win opening day? <laughs> that lineup, man. Oh they're never God. out of a game. Never. Out well, of they're out game. of the game when fucking Ryu pitches or whatever his fucking name <laughs> is. True. I know that. They're out of that That's game true. because that guy's going to serve up some dingers. Whoa. Yeah. I just know uh, that that they're, they're not out of any game. Like, exactly. It must be such a nice like, thing as okay. a pitcher. It's like a challenge for them. The, the amount of guys that can hit home runs in that lineup is just absurd. It's such a nasty lineup, man. Bad, and, like one I, bad pitch. And it's like, oh, boy. But like the Rangers, man, I, the Rangers, I think, have proven just in that first series, like their lineups for real, too. You know, they in three yeah, games, they put up 23 runs, the Rangers yeah. offense. So, I mean, yeah. They, against they had a big offseason, too. They had a big offseason, man. The, uh, you're talking about making bad pitches, like not go, bringing it back to Vlad, but if you watch that, like the highlight of that homer he hit, that, like Spencer Howard just threw, I don't know if it was a curveball or what, but that thing just was just a spinner, and it was like chest high, and it was like, Jesus Christ, he hung one so fucking bad, and it's like, just absolutely destroyed it. Yeah, there's some of those some of those hitters that I'm sure when a, I mean they've done it enough to know that when a pitcher throws a pitch and they see the batter swing, they just know, like yeah, like you know in basketball, I feel like you leave Steph Curry open, like you don't even have to look at the shot going in, you just know what's going in. It's like if you throw a ball that's gonna be a hanger to like Vladdy, it's like you just know, like don't even turn around, you know the ball's going over the fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big thing, big surprise. Uh... Over the weekend, though, the Dodgers, the Rockies took two or three from the Dodgers. The Rockies, I know. That's that's uh, shocking. They got, uh, what's his name got? Uh, Uri- Uri- Urias? Is that how you say it? Urias. Oh, Urias, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why it was just not coming to me. Uh, he, got, he got roughed up today. 
Did I, I didn't really look at the, I just saw that they had lost two out of three. I didn't really look at the box score other than paying attention to what, trying to figure out what Brendan Rogers is doing, which he hasn't done shit, but. Uh, Rogers sucks. Brian's okay. I, I like McMahon today. Yeah. yeah. The big dinger. Some weird, obviously you're going to see in the first week, some weird guys that hit some, some bombs. Like, uh, we were talking about the Cubs game. The first, first, uh, What's his? Yeah, uh, Nico Horner. Nico Horner goes two years without a home run, and then <laughs> hits one off Corbin Burns, the best pitcher of baseball. And then Corbin Burns struck out like sixty plus batters a year ago before he walked a guy. First guy of the year he walks in four pitches like that. You can't make these stuff like that stuff up. That's what makes the MLB so insane. Yep. Yep. No, it's. Well, well what did the three Brewers? What did they give up for pitchers? Those three studs that we said were in the top like seven of all pitchers. Uh, Woodruff went three and two thirds, six hits, seven earned, three walks, and two strikeouts. Solid. Ooh, Corbin Burns gave up four, I think, and like Freddie Peralta let up pitch four innings today, gave up three earned runs. So not yeah. ideal. But it's one of those things you just you, you, you can't overreact Over, yeah. to it. You know I, these guys are gonna come along, come around, and I guess we're learning this is can't overreact weekend. It is. This is, if you're going to learn anything from us today, do not overreact. Do not go crazy trading away players. And uh, definitely don't drop any good players. You know, obviously, like, I was just, because I was looking at Woodruff's stats. And I didn't, I guess I never really, I don't really pay attention to too much win-loss when I'm trying to, like, draft pitchers. I just, I don't pay attention to it all that much. But Woodruff last year started 30 games. He struck out, uh, he had 20 quality starts, and his ERA was 2.56, whip under one. He was under 500 when lost last year. Yeah. That's why I think Woods is the most overrated stat in baseball. I mean, well, did, for a pitcher. Did the Grom win, yeah. win a Cy Young being under 500? Or 500? Don't know. I can't remember, but I, I know he was, like, fighting it. And, like, people were using it against him. Like, I remember, like, literally hearing, like, old-time baseballers, like, ah, he's only winning so many percentage of uh, games. Well, well and that's, See. like, the... Um, What's his name? Well, uh, no, Sale. sorry, he, I'm just gonna. He's he was ten and nine one season and eleven and eight back to back seasons. Ten and nine, eleven and eight once I both. Yeah. Uh, but Go that's ahead. like the I know to say Rick Porcello. He won the Cy Young that year, I think, because he won like 22 games or some shit. Just a note: the year he went ten and nine, he had a 1.70 ERA, and he went ten and nine. So that's how good the Mets' offense was around him. <laughs> Uh, anything else yeah. you guys want to say about opening day opening weekend i should say I, I other than i just would prefer that my um fantasy team actually you know they're really not doing that pitching wise it's been bad but offensively they hasn't been too bad this weekend uh, Quite a i few feel like my state. I, I feel like there was not really any like I was just looking at Kyle Gibson. I didn't even know he had a great start, but he had a great mm-hmm. start. Other than him, I don't know if there was really any, like, dominant starting pitcher starts. You know what I mean? No. Well, for one reason, there's a really short spring. So, like, they're pitching not yeah. – like, they're not built Their up. Their leash is not as long, right? Saw, yeah. Which is kind of surprising. Yeah, I think – I mean, like, Cole got roughed up early in his first start, but they were talking about they, – they were going to limit him to 85 pitches, and it's just weird hearing – Garrett Cole get limited to 85 pitches, and right. I understand. I mean, I, I know. I think he only had like three spring starts, so I I get it. But it's weird hearing that because well, he could go, he thing. could throw 120, 130. 
Right, it's the same thing with like Bieber. Bieber only went four and two thirds, and I think he threw like eighty pitches. Yeah. And he was pitching fairly well. He just they just yanked him. Um, I'm trying to see. I don't know if I got. He threw seventy two pitches and they took him out. Darvish yeah. was sort of no of, hitter and they took him. Yeah. Did they, did they really? Yeah, six innings, no hit. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Like, I feel like until we get to like towards the end of the month, maybe early May, before they start letting some of these guys really get going on it. But yeah. So we uh, we actually have a couple trade grades, and uh, they they're both gonna hit close to home. So uh, first one up will uh, go in order. So uh, I hope Craig Millage is listening because these both involve him. Shout out, Mill. What up, uh, Mill, man? First one with uh, Kev. So Kev gave up Nick Castellanos and Garrett Cole. Got back Freddie Freeman and, and Byron Buxton. So, I mean, I think Garrett Cole is no, probably... No. Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta. What did I say? Freddie Freeman. Freeman. <laughs> Whoops, definitely not Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I did not get Freeman. Uh, Freddie Peralta and Byron Buxton. Um, so, first off, I would say Garrett Cole is probably the best player in the whole deal. Um, but he's older, so, yep. um, and then Castellanos is just like, so middle of the pack, like, you know what you're getting probably like close to an all-star every year, um, for the next couple of years where Buxton has easily the most potential. And, and I've said this to both of you and I've been on record saying it, I am a huge Buxton guy. And this is before the three home runs that he's leading the MLB right now, but I am a monster Buxton fan. If he stays healthy, I think he's a super, super, superstar. Um, and then Freddie Peralta, who bursted on the scenes last year and is obviously way younger than Garrett Cole. So, um, like I said, Garrett Cole's the, the best player. I would say I would probably rather have the younger guys. Um, I think I'd rather be on the Peralta Buxton side. So I would probably go like a minus. And then I, I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong with the other ones though. Cause you, you've got consistent players in Castellanos and you got the best player in Garrett Cole, just a little higher age. So I wouldn't say you lost. I would say B plus. So here's my take on it. Like, this is a massive if because I don't know if he's ever played. I think he's played over 100 games one time, Byron Buxton. But I think if if you could say Buxton's going to play 140 games, it's like that dude's going to be a contender for MVP of the league. I just think he is. I think his metrics, like his he his um hard hit rate or his max exit velocity, mm-hmm. whatever you call it, is like the top like three percent. I think it is. The goal is probably tell me I'm wrong on that. I think it's top three percent, and then his oh. his um, sprint speed is top one percent in the league. So like this dude has everything it takes to be an absolute superstar. It's just he doesn't play. So I'm doing the big, please, 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 please stay healthy. And then the thing with Peralta is um, I don't know if he's going to have a season like he did last year, but the thing that I always chase with starting pitches is strikeouts. And so, like, I'm obviously losing Garrett Cole with strikeouts, but Freddie Peralta is about the same, had about the same K-9, I think, as Cole last year. And so even if his ERA is not as good, I'm completely okay with it because I would chase strikeouts all the time. That's my take. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think um, Buxton, for sure, playing probably at the highest ceiling of anybody on this list, and that includes Cole. Um, You know, I look at it like right now for this season – I would rather have Garrett Cole, but I would also rather have Buxton than Castellanos. So I think it's a pretty even deal. Um, but I do think that Buxton has the potential to be the best player in this deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I did the trade and I've had Buxton for two games. and He's already at, already at three homers. So, I mean, I like it. 
Am I expecting yep. him to get hurt here? Like he got hit by a pitch. I think the very first at bat I had him, and I'm like, "Fuck!" He got hit <laughs> by a pitch. It's like he's gonna miss like 30 games. I know it. He's gonna be out with a wrist injury or something. But <laughs> it seems like so. the thing with him is always hamstrings. Um, yeah, but just, yeah, you see someone do something like that one year and they get like like a half a year, I guess you should say, because he was hurt. But you see him do it and you're like, oh, I think he's good, but I don't know, you know, I don't know what Buxton we're getting. You're already seeing it, man. Like he is just loaded with talent. Like there was obviously a reason why he was in one prospect for a while. Um, it yep. just didn't, he just didn't find it at first and it took him a little bit longer to get it going. But once he did, um, he has potential to be, I don't even know if we had him in our top 20 outfield list. And I think we that's did probably, I think one person did it. I think it might've been Shuri did it. I think Shuri yeah. had 20th and me and Fagola didn't put him in at all. Yeah. But again, it's like, it's one of those things where he has a potential to be up to, he's a potential to be a top 10 guy, but he hasn't done anything at this point in his career to right. maybe, like warrant it. 100%. I know he had a great like month and a half last year or whatever it was, but. Yep. Yep. So the second uh, trade grade is Fergola and Millage. Um, Fergola gives up, let's get these names right, gives up Gunnar Henderson, top prospect out of Baltimore, shortstop. Um, JD Martinez, Mike Clevenger, and Ozzy Al- Albies. Um, and he gets back Josh Bell and Brandon Lowe. So we're in an on base league. Make we that. are in an on base. So Brandon Lowe's value is obviously different in on base. Right. So for me, I think I'd, I'd just start with Albies versus Lowe, right? So I think I'd rather have Albies, to be honest with you. And then the second thing I'm going to look at is like Josh Bell versus JD Martinez. Who would you rather have? And to me, it's really a toss-up. I know Josh Bell's starting on fire, um, but I think I'd actually, I think I'd rather lean towards JD. So we're going to get Fagola's explanation, but I think I'd rather, I think I like Millage's side a lot more. I'd give him an A and I'd give Fagola like a C because I think the Gunnar Henderson and the Mike Clevenger is kind of a throw-in. And, you know, Clevenger was a stud back in Cleveland and if he ever gets, you know, back on the mound, he might be he'll be able to help that San Diego team quite a bit, especially with a good lineup. Um, he should he should factor in coming out. Um, and then Gunnar Henderson is, you know, we were both high on him on our prospect list. So I, I like what Miller's got. Want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. So I think if you're just going to – I think for this one, you almost have to grade it just for this year because I think realistically, uh, Brandon Lau and Albies are the only real keepers. I mean, obviously, we can keep minor leaguers. So I don't think J.D., Bell, and Clevenger are keepers. So, like, let's just do just this year, right? I think, to me, I love power. And there's no doubt about it that Brandon Lau is going to out-homer Aussie Albies. I think that's just, like – and he's going to do it by like 15 homers. So I know on everyone's list and probably my list too, Albies is probably higher than Josh Law because he does more, right? But like, I just love power. It does so much for you when a guy hits a home run that I almost would rather have Brandon Lau, I think, than Ozzy Albies. But I think I would rather this year have J.D. Martinez than Josh Bell. So... I think it's probably more. What did you get for a grade, Sherry? I gave Millage an A and Figolorsi. Yeah, so I think it's a little closer than that. Uh, I, I think it's more like a B plus and a B, like Millage a B plus and Figolor a B. But I don't think it's that bad of a deal. I think because I think Figolor is probably chasing powers, my guess. 
Yeah, so my here's my, my thought process. I love Albies. I'm I'm a really big fan of them. Um, I guess the my reasoning for doing it is I'm banking on my I have my my team doesn't have great OBP. Other than like Vlad, uh, I don't have nobody that's like really like elite at it. A lot of guys that are like down to like three ten, three twenty. So, um, part of my, the reason why I did the deal is I think that I am getting some more OBP skills on with Lau and Bell. Um, after I did the deal, I probably realized that the Gunner Henderson and Clevenger add in. Um, there's probably a little too much. I probably could have got it done without adding Henderson in, but I just look at it. Uh, I think Albies is the best player in the deal, but I think that Lau and Bell are the second and third best players. I think Bell, I would, I think Bell is better than potential to be better than JD. Um, so yeah, I, like I said, I, afterwards I did have a little bit of seller's remorse in a sense that, cause I think it was definitely a, I would say a slight overpay, but, um, I think that what I needed was some guys that helped me get on base. And I think that Lau and Bell will do that at a higher clip than JD and Albies and provide similar, similar stats minus the uh, stolen bases that I'm going to lose out from Albies. Um, shit. What was I going to say? Josh Bell kind of had a, I mean, he started, he had a terrible uh, COVID year. And then he started off the last year, and you were like, oh, Jesus, Josh Bell's not good. But, you know, I'm kind of, like, backtracking on it, but Josh Josh Bell back in, I think, 2019 was a superstar. So um, so back in, like, 2017, yeah, 37 2017, he had a pretty solid year, 26 homers, 90 RBIs, 334 OBs. OBP's not great, but then he, 2018 wasn't great. 2019, 37, 116, 367. No, his second half was really bad that year. I think that kind of carried over into the COVID year was really bad. And then last year, I mean, it's not great, but he went 27-88, scored 75 runs, and his OBP was just under 350. So, But he started horrendous, he got, and then he got yeah, hot in the second half. And I, so, so I don't, and like I don't he kind think, of found his thing. Right, yeah. and I think he's hitting either right before or right after Soto. Um, and I just look at it. Uh, like, I feel like JD at this point, I like JD, but I feel like from a Homer standpoint, they're going to, they're probably not going to be much different. OBP is probably going to be fairly similar. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, like I said, I, it's not one of those deals where I did it and I was like, I absolutely love what I got back in return and I, I don't dislike it, but, um, yeah, I don't know. If I had to bet who would play more games between Josh Bell and J.D. Martinez, it's easy money on Josh Bell, too. So um, I do think J.D. just being in that Red Sox lineup, even and you're right, even though Josh Bell has uh, Soto right in front of him, probably, um, that's awesome. But um, being in that Red Sox lineup should definitely help out J.D. Martinez. Um, if you, like, switch teams, I would, oh, my God, yeah, I'd be all over Josh Bell. Um, but I think one thing too that I like about Bell too over JD is, and I know it's he's multi-positional eligible too. He can play first base and outfield, so that that's a, adds a little bit of value. Same yep. with Lau, he's second base and outfield, so I do like that. Yep. Did you guys have any um, counter offers? 
Uh, you don't have to, you don't have to tell me what they are. Yeah, this deal, you don't have to tell me what they are. I don't care. I'm just curious if you went back and forth on this. Or was uh, was know, the initial offer the one that got accepted? No, it wasn't. Okay. Because to me, I really do think like just Albies and JD for Lau and Bell is like a fair deal. So the fact that too. you threw those other two pieces into me. And you know what it was? I almost think it was like sometimes I get into these and it does Everyone does I, it, I don't, I don't do it often, but there are times when like – I just get into the mode where I'm like, I'm going to make a deal here. Yes. And I don't give yeah. a what I have. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, and I you just think throw I, in a guy. And yeah. I think I knew when I did the deal, when I like added those guys in, I'm like, he's going to do this deal because it's way more than what it's way, he's getting way more value long term, I mm-hmm. think, than I am. Um, but I looked at it like this Henderson, he's still a prospect. He's in it. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have added like Noel V. Marte in that deal. I wouldn't have added like Brennan Davis. Or like some of my like you know top twenty five prospects, there's no fucking chance. But um, I look at him like he's still a couple of years out. I do like Henderson, but he's he's still a prospect. And Clevenger, I was like he's on the IL right now. Nobody really knows when he's coming mm. back. Um, the one outing he had in spring training was fucking horrible. He let up like eight runs in like two innings. So and I know that doesn't mean anything, but I was like you know what I don't I don't know what I'm getting out of those guys. Yeah. Down the line. So I looked at it like you said, G. Lau and Bell for JD and Albies. Yeah. Yep. This year, I think is pretty even. So and I, I and like I, I like the a little bit of a bump that Lau's going to give me. Hopefully, an OBP over Albies. And, and the fact that like Tatis is still eligible at shortstop when he comes back, like you already have a shortstop. You don't need Gunnar Henderson to fill that mm-hmm. void, and you still have Noel V Marte who's going to be up, you know, eventually to fill that void if Mart yep. if Tatis loses that eligibility. So I, I to me when you have that like abundance at shortstop, it's like I would throw Gunnar Henderson in too. Cause you don't know what you're going to get out of the guy. There's only yeah. like, you know, in, in my honest opinion, there's probably only like 10 prospects that are usually can't miss prospects. And then even after the 10, that 10 or 10 that are not miss prospects, some of them are like bucks and they take a few years and you can't even hold on to them for that. And yeah. then half of those guys that are like semi good that aren't in the top 10, they just fizzle out. They just don't make it. Yeah. So, like, Gunnar Henderson feels like he's not in the top 10, so there's a great chance that he just doesn't make it. Um, so, like, you don't want to be hung up on a – like, if you want to get a deal done and you want somebody outside of, like, your top prospects, um, and, and like, I'm willing to get rid of them. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. Like, I if I was if I was goal in the situation, I would have thrown in those two extra pieces, too, to get a deal done. If you want those two guys, I would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I think, like um, – that's maybe why I give Mill a B plus because like Mill was able to get those extra pieces like right. you know. Oh, and, I, and I said it. I think I texted you guys like shortly after the deal was done, and I said I think I have a little regret in a sense because I think I overpaid, and I I definitely know that I did. Um, yeah. Because you just you know, but I I like I said I just sometimes I get into these situations where I'm just like I want to get a fucking deal yeah. done. I'm just gonna I'm gonna add stuff in that I know that I shouldn't, but because I just don't want to like go back and forth anymore. I'm going to overpay a little bit if I have to, just to, just to be done with it. Dude, and you're the player, you're the, t- the player, you're the, you're the type of guy too, like where I had just made a trade. So you're like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I gotta make one. Like, I gotta make one now. I hear yeah, you. Of, it's I a fever, it's like man. A like if one, one of us gets thing. a fever, everybody yep. gets that it's, fever. It's FOMO, man. Fear of missing out. I it's like an addiction it. too. And like, I made one. I'm like, fuck, I got to set another one out now. So I just well, <laughs> set it more like, it's, And it's so ridiculous. Cause we always, we, like, we always like talk about how, 
you know, we have 12 teams in our league and there are times it seems as though like only like six or seven teams will trade on a regular basis. Like a lot of them, Mm -hmm. a lot of teams, like you don't get a lot of offers or if you send offers, you don't get a lot of counters or or counters at all. You just, so it's, uh, I feel like we're just like between like our our teams and like millage and a couple others, we just like rotate players around. Like uh-huh, we do. I think I I traded Millage Brandon Lau like this off season. I think I had him <laughs> I at one point. Yeah, I had yeah. him one point too. That's funny. We all had. I think I, I got, got him from you, Kev. Yeah. No, I got him from Kev. I, I thought. Oh, Maybe I probably I owned him. I probably owned him twice. It gave him both you guys. <laughs> Brandon Lau's been around. Yeah, I love. That's the um, shit I'm talking to. It's like it's one of those things where I'm just like he's safe. Sorry. I, I will that, say. I made the mistake of one time throwing in a prospect uh, when he was 17 years old. His name was Juan Soto. So um, yep. he was a tossin', uh, and that that was kind of like my philosophy at the time. He wasn't like the biggest name, but like obviously 17 years old, all the scouts rant and rave about him, but you just don't know what they're gonna do when they haven't even really started. So I tossed him in on a trade, and uh, well, I'll never get him back. So. I did I that with Millage, with Tatis. I, I threw Tatis in as a prospect. See, on a deal. I, I can't remember who was in the part of the deal, but it was a bunch hey. of like it was like a two for two major league like stud swap, and then like I'm like I'll throw Tatis in also. Yeah. You know who also threw Tatis in a deal? The Chicago White Sox for James Shields. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they did. But yeah. I think I was like thinking about it one time, like the the prospect that I the guy that I got rid of as when he was a prospect that I like regret the most was uh, I remember trading Freddie Freeman. I think I had him, um, and I traded him to Bird, I believe. And it was like a, it was like major league deal. And then we each threw a prospect in. I threw Freddie Freeman in, and he threw in Logan Morrison. So that worked out. Ooh, for me. nice. <laughs> Miami Marlins, Logan yeah. Morrison. That, nice. That worked out well, but. Um, I, before we end this episode, Fagola, do you want to? Uh, I think maybe the first episode we haven't talked about Coach K. You want to give us any your thoughts on him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. Okay, that's good. That's fine. I don't need to hear you fucking shit talk him again, so we're good. Uh, <laughs> no, we, yeah, we, hey, um, yeah, we appreciate everybody listening. Make sure when you listen that you uh, like the podcast and uh, give us a little review if you would like. Um, tell us what you want to hear. Maybe you got a little trade grade. I'm still waiting for our first one. Um, maybe we can do. Um, We'll work on it, getting a little something out there for, for people that send some stuff in and we use their their, their scenarios. Um, but, um, yeah, give us give us a follow on uh, Twitter and Instagram, please. And uh, any advice or anything you guys want to hear, we're willing to talk about it. We're not going to just talk about baseball. So, as you saw today, we had, you know, 30, 40 minutes of Masters talk before we even got to anything. So, um, we appreciate it. And, and um, one thing I want to say, too, is that I had a, a few natty lights tonight, and I want to say I feel like I was on top of my game tonight, man. I, I think they just they fueled me. They gave me the extra edge that I needed tonight, and I just I, I really appreciate what they're doing because I think it's helping people out in this world. What it really think, is. It's the best beer. I've been drinking it, like I've said, forever. Um it it goes with everything. It goes in any situation. Next week, I'm going to be on vacation down in Folly Beach, Ooh, South Carolina, baby. and I plan on having at least 200 uh, to 250 <laughs> of these bad boys on the beach. Yes, um, sir. Are you and, and you know what? Sunday. Uh, no, leaving Friday. Um, 
So I, 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 I've been talking with Natty Light. Hopefully they'll be sending them down there. Um, if not, you know, I'll go to the store and I'll, I'll buy them and I'm, and I'm not breaking the bank. I'm not one of these guys drinking these fancy IPAs and all that stuff and, uh, spending, you know, 25 bucks for four drinks. I'm getting 30 for about 20 bucks and, uh, it's better tasting. So shout out Natty. Can't beat it. (laughs) Hey, we're going to have a list for you. Um, I think we're going to do our top five food draft or top, top starting five, starting five, baby. uh, thursday's episode so we're excited about that i think we already have our list i think i got some good ones um i think there's going to be some uh fried chicken scenarios going down in, in in the early rounds but uh we'll we'll find out when coming up on uh thursday's episode we appreciate everybody listening thank you and uh looking forward to hearing from you peace yeah. thanks guys